so much, Janet. I always love hearing people's testimonies. Getting to know a little bit more about them and just the faithfulness of God in their lives and how encouraging that can be for us where we can relate to you know, different experiences that people have had. Cool. Well, before we kind of move into, I guess, the main purpose of this morning, I just want to share some thoughts and kind of um, around this passage. But we're planted in this, uh, this truth from Matthew 11 that we can come to the Lord in our tiredness, in our weariness, and we can receive rest and refreshment. And so that's the truth that we plant ourselves in. And then I just want to share some thoughts uh, around this passage that Paul uh, shares in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so I want to just draw out some points uh, from this passage, but really the main thing this morning is to create space uh, to receive that refreshment from God. And so while I was uh, kind of reading through this passage and meditating on this, this was the picture uh, that I had in mind, if this clicker is going to work from back here. Possibly not. Thank you, bro. Should have given it a trial run, eh? This was the picture I had in mind. There we go. Look at that. Um, of these refreshment stations. Uh, has anyone ever done like a long distance race, a marathon, triathlon? Look at you guys. Well done. I have not and probably never will not, which I think is probably the feel for most of us. Eh? We're, we're satisfied with what we've done and where we're at. Um, but even though I've never done one, I know that there are these refreshment stations that have been strategically placed throughout the race uh, with drinks and with snacks. And the purpose of them is to refresh the athlete in order to help them to continue and to eventually finish the race. And so that's the metaphor uh, that we're employing this morning is that we haven't just come to church, but we've come to a refreshment station and that the Holy Spirit is here to refresh you uh, for the race that you are running. So I just want to draw um, some quick points uh, that I think Paul highlights in this passage. So point number one is we are running a race. I think we all know this, but if you didn't know, now you know we are running in a race. However, this isn't the rat race of, uh, of our society that we see uh, the world running in. We're not chasing after money or fame or success or anything else like that. And unlike a regular race, we aren't in competition with one another. It's not that if I win, you lose or vice versa. The Amplified Version says, run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. And so we are each running the race that God has set before us. And so I want to see you win your race as much as I want to win my own. And so this isn't about competition. Rather, this is about stirring each other on. It's about encouragement, which is what Hebrews 10.24 says. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good 
deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And that day is the day that we end our race, and it's the day that we all end our race. It's the day that Jesus returns to earth, touching down on Mount of Olives, splitting in half, and marching into Jerusalem to establish his kingdom here on earth. And so we are running a race. Secondly, our prize is eternal, and that's what our eyes are to be fixed on, uh, is what Paul says. So my encouragement and my reminder, because we know this, is to not be distracted by the various temporary prizes that the world offers us and that the enemy offers us. Matthew 4, Luke 4, uh, Jesus is led into the wilderness, and during this time, he's tempted by the devil. He's presented these temporary prizes uh, in exchange for the eternal prize of salvation and reconciliation that he was running for. And so three times the devil tries to, to tempt him. Prove that you're the son of God. Turn these stones into bread. Prove that you're the son of God. Throw yourself from this ledge and bow down before me and I will give you the kingdoms of this world and all their splendor. But it was temporary, temporary, temporary. Everything he had to offer was temporary. And yet even in these temporary things that the world and the enemy presents to us, they are enticing. That is the fact of the matter. You know, if you've done a 40-day fast, a piece of bread looks like a feast. So these things are enticing. It's not that we're ignorant to that reality, but it's nothing in comparison to the eternal prize that awaits us. And so Paul is encouraging us to keep our eyes fixed on that eternal prize and to not be distracted by the temporary things around us. Thirdly, we require discipline, strict training, and purpose. Like any athlete, these things are essential for success. And so likewise, we need to be spiritually disciplined. We need to adhere to a strict training resume. And we need to know our purpose. And so my question is, what is your purpose? Like an athlete, what's the thing that gets you up in the morning? What's the thing that keeps you going when you're tired, when you're hurting, when you want to give up? Proverbs 29:18 says that where there is no vision, the people dwell carelessly, or they are unrestrained or undisciplined, as other versions put it. New King James says that where there is no divine revelation, where there's no divine revelation of what your purpose is, you'll live an undisciplined life. And so we need to know our purpose. We need to be reading our word. We need to be praying, spending time with the Lord, all these different disciplines that, um, yes, can become legalistic and religious, but can also be done in such a beautiful way that they aren't legalism. That they're part of disciplining ourselves for the purpose of continuing this race, which leads to the fourth point that we need to operate uh, from personal intimacy with God. Everything we need to, everything we do, has to be done out of intimacy with the Lord. So yes, we want to preach the gospel to all people. Yes, we want to make disciples. We want to baptize. We want to teach them. Yes, we want to cast out demons and pray for the sick and see freedom. But when these things are done outside of a personal relationship with the Lord, then we're at risk of missing out on that eternal prize. Uh, and that's something that Jesus kind of mentions in his Sermon on the Mount that we talked about either last week or the week before, uh, where people will come to him in the end and they say, Lord, we did this, we did this, we did this in your name. And his response is, depart, I didn't know you. There was no personal relationship with the Lord. 
And I think Paul is, is making reference to this as well, where he says that I strictly discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so there's an outward focus, but there's also an upward focus. And we need to be outward focused with that upward focus in place. Uh, and it's, it's only a couple chapters later that he starts talking about the essentialness of love, that everything we do needs to be done from a place of love. Love firstly from the Lord and with the Lord, and then from that place we distribute love to others. Otherwise, we're like a, what is it, a, 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 a clashing gong and, and, and all the beautiful descriptions that he gives to it. So our four things that I just wanted to draw out was that we are running a race, that our prize is eternal, and so keep your eyes fixed on that, that we require discipline, strict training, and purpose, and that we need to operate from personal intimacy with the Lord. And so with these things in mind, I want us to now move into our time of worship. And we have communion just down the back on the table. Uh, we're not going to stop and kind of do like a formal leading through it. It's just there whenever you feel to partake of it. Uh, so feel free to do so. If you're in need of prayer, then please come grab myself, one of the leaders, Paul, Logan, Annette, we're here, we'd love to pray with you. Um, otherwise, just position yourself to receive the refreshment of the Lord, whether that be sitting or standing or kneeling or bowing, whether you stay in your seat or you go find a space, whether you sing along or you just have a quiet time with the Lord, please feel that there is just freedom to engage however you want to uh, and to position yourself to receive that refreshment. And so, Father, I just want to thank you for that truth, that we have freedom to come before you in all our weariness and all our tiredness, that you don't reject us, you don't require us to be a certain way before we come, but we can come as we are. And yeah, we live in a world that is just go, go, go and hustle, hustle, hustle. And so, Father, we pray that we would operate from a place of rest. And I just pray that each person here would receive uh, refreshment from you this morning, whatever that may look like. I pray for physical refreshment. I pray for mental refreshment. I pray for spiritual refreshment. I pray, re pray for refreshment upon relationships, Lord God, that you are a holistic God that sees all aspects of us. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you respond as we respond to you, Lord? And would you just come and have your way in this place, Lord Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, worship team.